Welcome to Salem Alliance Church. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org. We're starting our series called Honorable. This week's message is by Rod Pepping. Good morning. Life uh, is funny, and I will say this, language continues to change. Language can be elusive. Sometimes we use words uh, in the wrong way, or we think they mean one thing and they mean something else. Uh, and, and language even gets more difficult uh, the older I get, because I feel like I start to get out of touch with the new language. Uh, luckily, I have a teenage daughter at home, but even I fail many times. Uh, for a while there on Facebook, uh, everybody was putting the hashtag TBT, uh, and I thought it meant truth be told. And so, of course, my daughter mocks me on Facebook often with uh, my miscommunication. But uh, language is always changing. So let me give you a tutorial if you don't have kids at home. If you used to hear somebody say that sick, that's actually a good thing nowadays. Uh, ratchet isn't a wrench. Ratchet is not a good thing. Uh, if somebody calls you basic, that's an even worse word. Uh, that's not always good. My daughter speaks in text. Instead of just kidding, I haven't heard the word just kidding out of her mouth for probably a year. It's always JK. Right? JK. YOLO, Cray, Bay, all these words, uh, you know, BRB. Oh, okay, so you'll be right back. I got it. Okay, so uh, think about this. We want to be a people who follows God's words, right? And people would say, well, it's in the Bible. Just read it and follow it. But what happens when language changes, we're kicking off this series called Honorable. It's going to be the next four weeks where we deal with the word honor, and we want, to, we want to be honorable. But the problem is, does that word mean what we think it means? Here's a great example. A couple years, about four or five years ago, they updated the NIV version of the Bible. Now, some people would say, did the, Bi the Bible didn't change. The Bible, we believe, is God's word, and the Bible doesn't change, but our language definitely changes. One of the changes they made in there was the word alien. They changed it to sojourner because 40 years ago, the word alien meant a foreign person in the land. Today, alien means extraterrestrials. So they were trying to make sure that the Bible is keeping up with our language. I think the same thing is true with the word honor. We use it, we throw it around, but do we really understand what it means in biblical context? The word honor was used 321 times in the Bible. And, and I would say that the construct of society was all built on honor. When we look at it, you're going to, as we walk through it this morning, you're going to see that the, the understanding and concept of honor tainted and painted everything in the Bible. And so if we're called to be honorable, what does that mean? Think about this. In our society, honor may have lost its meaning. We have an honor guard, which walks in with a flag. We have an honor system 
which means that, you know, we're supposed to kind of be on our own check to be honest. We have an honor roll, which is bees are better. We have uh, things that are called honor killings. We would say it's on your honor, which means you're on your own to try and have integrity, or we call judges your honor. So when we start to look at honoring and what does it mean in the Bible, we, we have to kind of strip away some of those things. Now, I'm going to be bouncing through the Bible, pulling out uh, some scriptures to kind of tell you what honor means. If, if you're one of those people that loves to follow along, um, good luck. I, follow along up here. Don't worry about trying to get all of those places. We have an app. All of the, my notes are on that app. If you need any other clarification, feel free to email me. Uh, my email's on the website. But uh, don't try and flip and catch all of these. Uh, we'll be in Philippians 2 towards the end if you want to go to there, page 1846 in your Bible. But before I get there, I want to fill you in. Here's, here's a few scriptures that the Bible uses the word honor in. Exodus 20, 12, honor your father and mother, then you will live a long, full life in the land your God is giving you. In Nehemiah, it says this, oh Lord, please hear my prayers. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. Uh, and then we see in Proverbs, which I love this, honoring a fool is as foolish as tying a stone to a slingshot. So we start to see, okay, so there's a little bit more to honor than maybe scratches the surface. So I'm going to give you four definitions or four ways that the Bible uses the word honor. And what we're going to discover is that three of them, Jesus came to kind of right the ship, that we were using it in quite the wrong context. But for every one of my examples, there's going to be somebody sitting, uh, maybe it's you that's going to go, well, but there's another example that it's correct. And so I agree that as we talk about this, there may be positive signs, but I want to show you where I think our society and especially biblical times kind of went off the rails when it comes to honor. And so the first one is this, honor is a social value. Proverb said this, a wise, uh, the wise inherit honor, but fools are put to shame. And Joseph in Genesis said this, go tell my father of my honored position here in Egypt. So in other words, the, you kind of climbed the ladder in stature and honor. Honor was something that you, you continued to gain. And, and the more you moved up in society, the more you were honored. And I think it, in parts of the world, we see this really uh, uh, strikingly. Certain families are given honor or certain tribes are, are held in higher esteem than others. I think jobs, sometimes we look at some people with certain jobs and, and we feel like they're held in very high regard. Uh, gender can be one of those things that we honor among uh, things. But uh, I'll say this, that G Jesus and Christianity came to, to kind of right this ship by, by saying this in Galatians. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So in other words, uh, we were riding the ship, but this happens today all the time. Many of you probably know somebody that I would call a name dropper. I have a friend who's just the biggest name dropper in the world. As soon as 
he meets somebody that he feels is, whether it's a, a sports figure or a celebrity or something, it's woven into every conversation for the next six months, right? Oh, didn't I tell you I met so-and-so? Or, oh yeah, I was out with so-and-so. And the reason is because that person in his eyes is really viewed as kind of being honoring, right? Is being above other people. It's really important. Uh, Maybe not so much now, but years ago, that was politicians, right? That they were kind of set aside or set above. Sometimes people who have wealth or, or we view as richer as us are, are, are placed in, in that position. Jobs titles are really funny. It's been an interesting journey here. Uh, this is a big church. Not everybody knows me. And so there have been times that I'm serving alongside somebody, maybe at Feed Salem or some other outreach events or something, and people don't know who I am, and then they find out I'm the pastor, and you can see it in their brain, it kinks a little bit. Like I'm supposed to be sitting over there being fed grapes or something, I'm not really sure, but uh, that serving because pastors are kind of set aside. Now, I don't think anything is wrong with that, and we're going to talk about that a little later. I just think sometimes we ascribe honor to the wrong places or positions. When I was a senior pastor in Alaska, uh, I had a friend that I got to know really well, but I, he said it took him almost a year to approach me because he was from the South. And in the South, pastors, you don't really approach them and they're kind of put up on this pedestal and they're supposed to be this thing and, you know, that kind of untouchable, I don't know, like an animal in a cage or something. I'm not really sure, but, you know, it took him a long time and, and we became good friends, but it was because he viewed it as a social ladder and that he wasn't good enough or, you know, that the, that it wasn't an equal thing. And so I just think, boy, when we start to view honor as a, as a social value, we miss what Jesus was coming uh, to let us know. The next thing is this, in, in biblical times, honor was either given or taken. And what I mean by that is that in a society where honor is everything and it's in a social value, it's yours to go and take. And so we don't always view our society that way, but uh, many of you have seen movies where, you know, the guy, uh, maybe he's an American and he's in a different culture and he, he kisses the daughter of the big guy in the tribe or something else and then they have to fight to death. And it's like, why do we do that? It's because you dishonored the family. You brought shame, and, uh, shame on this family and we need to get honor. So honor is something that is taken, which happens in society uh, all the time, but especially uh, in the Middle East. Listen to this from the Old Testament. But if there is further injury, the punishment must match the injury, a life for a life, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a hand for a hand, a foot for a foot. A burn for a burn, a wound for a wound, a bruise for a bruise. I remember about a year, year and a half ago, I was having a conversation with uh, one of our partners that serves in the Middle East, and he said, this is the number one thing that stops people from coming to Christ. They don't understand forgiveness. It Somebody injures you, you injure them more, right? And it escalates. Somebody comes at you, you come at them harder. Somebody hits you, you hit harder. There is no such thing in that worldview for forgiveness or turning the other cheek. They don't understand it. It's why Jesus came and said this. 
You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it for two miles. Give to those who ask and do not turn away from those who want to borrow. You see... When, when we don't understand honor in a way that is different from we have to take honor and we get what's ours and if you don't like it and if something goes happen, you've dishonored me, then it's my job to forcefully take my honor back. We miss the beauty of forgiveness. Now, many of us would say, well, the good thing is we live in a society in a country that understands this well. Not necessarily. I... I don't always yell at my TV, but odds are I do when a football game is on. Somehow I think they can hear me through the TV. I'm screaming, he's open, you know, whatever it is. It's my, my wife's like, what are you doing? Well, the other day I was watching my TV and I started yelling at my TV. Diane came in and said, what are you doing? And I'm just screaming, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. This is what I'm screaming at the TV. Now I want to show you the clip so you understand what I was talking about. There was a shooting a couple weeks ago in South Carolina in a church, right? They were having a Bible study and a gentleman walked in and shot and killed nine people and injured one person. Now in South Carolina, they do this interesting, they captured the guy. And so when it was time to set the bail hearing, which is something that usually just happens very quickly in most states. In South Carolina, they give the injured parties the ability to speak to the judge and let them know how they feel about what's happened. And the people of South Carolina in this church did something that was absolutely foreign to our society. They stood up and they said this, one for one, each of them said, we forgive you. We're hurt will probably never be the same. But Jesus loves you and he cares about you. May God have mercy on your soul. One after another, after another. So I'm at home that night watching the news. I got Fox News turned on. And there is this gentleman on there that is a proclaimed atheist. He doesn't believe in God but he doesn't know what to do, what he's just seen. I want you to watch this clip. It's just such an amazing clip of what happens when Jesus enters and we don't know what to do with it. That might have been the most powerful expression of any human emotion I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, I will never be that good. And I, we witnessed unmitigated, pure evil. And that to me is like the most, best example of what is good that I've ever seen in my life. And I, you know, I am not religious, but I see this and I can't, you know, begin to understand, like, does religion make great people or do great people go to religion? I don't know. All I know is what I saw. I can't even understand. I can't even comprehend that. It's so beyond me and and so amazing. I'm, I'm gobsmacked. And there I am in the middle of my living room screaming, it's not about good people. It's about Jesus. See, even in our society where we feel like 
We gotta hit back. We gotta make sure we get ours. We gotta take care of our family. There is another way. And Jesus came to, to obliterate the notion of an eye for an eye. He came to change all of that. And so I just find it amazing when we start talking about honoring how Jesus walks in and into this conversation. The next one is this. Honor is, me, is a means to ascribe weight. In other words, when somebody says something, you weigh that heavier than somebody else. And like I said earlier, I think that you should be weighing something more heavy sometimes than other people. I think if there are people in your life that are following Jesus, maybe you're in a Bible study and there's a leader or somebody, maybe a mentor, those people should have weight in speaking into your life. And other people you, you don't ascribe weight to, that's okay. The problem is many times in our society, we ascribe weight to the very wrong things. It always cracks me up when celebrities want to tell me what to do politically. I'm like, you spend your life pretending you're somebody else and now I'm supposed to care about your views. I don't ascribe weight to that, but as society, we ascribe weight to people who are just famous for nothing. We ascribe weight to, to people maybe who are really good looking or are rich. I don't think that's what God uses to ascribe weight, and I don't think that's what we should use to ascribe weight. I think, in fact, we should look in different areas of people's lives to ascribe weight. James makes this very clear. He says this in James 2. If you give special attention in a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you can stand over there or sit on the floor, well, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? And so when, as we talk about that, those first three definitions of honor, I feel like those are all about, we've twisted those into how do we get honor for ourselves and how do we love ourselves more? How do we start to climb the ladder and get more honor for ourselves? I gotta look out for me and mine, right? I gotta look out for my family. But Jesus came to say, you should love your neighbor as yourself. Love others, think of others more highly than you think of yourself. And so I think the one definition that is used over and over and over again in the Bible for honor that really works is this. Honor is an attitude, Honor is an attitude. Romans 12.10. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Isaiah 29.13, which Jesus quoted. I love this scripture. And so the Lord says, these people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by rote. It's this idea that, well, they're doing the right thing, but that's not what honor truly is. Over the next three weeks, I would say this to each person in this room. Make sure you're here, if at all possible, over the next three weeks. Because we are, not only this week, but for three weeks after this, we're going to be unpacking this in incredible ways. We're going to be talking about how do we honor your parents? How do you honor your children? How do you honor your Boss, how do you honor your employees? How do you honor your friends and family? And I would say, I think that this series can revolutionize who we are as a church and who we are as a city if we truly understand honor. If honor is about attitude and outlook, that makes a difference. When, when I was leaving 
Alaska to come here, uh, it was a very difficult transition. I had been up in Alaska for seven years, almost eight years as the senior pastor, uh, and the church kind of becomes your baby. You love the church. You care for the church, and, and the church is the people. So, you know, I mean, there were people in there that I walked through deaths and births and divorces and reconciliations, and so you end up just loving the church, and when somebody else comes over and takes over it, some friend of mine said it's, in fact, it probably was Steve Fowler that told me, Rod, it, it, it's a lot like somebody else is taking your wife to the prom. And it felt like that. It's like nobody can love my wife like I love my wife. And somebody's taking over this church and it's very difficult. And so I was working through all the emotions of this. And I remember there were some days I felt honored. There were other days I did not feel honored at all. Some days I felt like, man, I was doing it right. Some days I felt like I was doing it wrong. But I remember I was sitting in my office and I was talking to a friend of mine who worked for me and I was saying, help me understand this. How can one day I feel honored and the next day I feel not honored? What's the difference? Is it, is it just my outlook? Do I need to change something about me? What, what is it? I'm trying to get my hands wrapped around this whole idea and concept. And he said, Rod, honoring really isn't when you agree with somebody. Honoring really happens when you disagree with somebody. And I thought that was it. It's an attitude that we approach because I still had to make decisions up to the last day until I was there. And so I was making decisions and some decisions people agreed with and some they didn't. And, and it was all about the attitude behind that. And I think the same thing can be true for, for you and me in, in other areas of our lives. I have been a really good employee. I have been a really bad employee at sometimes. And uh, Sometimes when I was a bad employee, I was doing what my boss told me to do right up to the line, right? I'm following the rules. I have a horrible attitude and I don't like that I'm there and I'm going to tell you that I don't like that I'm here, but I'm doing what you told me. That's not honoring. Any parent knows that, right? You've had kids that do exactly what they're supposed to do with the wrong attitude and you're like, that's not the point, the point is the attitude as well. It, behavior matters, but so does our attitude in our hearts and where our hearts are pointed. And I think that's where we get with honor. I am excited uh, next week as uh, we deal with leadership and how do we honor our elders and our leaders in our society. The week after that, we're going to deal with parenting, um, which can be tricky because I love my mother, but we've had a rocky relationship through the years. And so how do I honor my mother today as an adult? Is that, do I follow everything she wants me to do? No, that can't be right. So we're gonna unpack that a little bit. What does it mean in two weeks we're gonna unpack? What does it mean to honor your mother and father? And can you do that the rest of your life? Is it obedience or is it not? I, it'll be great to, to walk through all of that. But before we unpack all of that in the next couple of weeks, I, I want to leave you with this one last point because I think this is where we can start our discussion with honor. And here it is. To gain or understand honor, follow the example set by Jesus. To gain or understand honor, follow the example set by Jesus. And this is where we're going to Philippians 2. As I was reading and, and studying and, and looking through honor, one of the commentaries I came pointed to this scripture. 
And I said, oh, I don't know if that guy's right. And I went and I read it, and I read it with a whole new light. In other words, he said this, that the amazing thing about this piece of scripture is in a society where everybody's climbing the ladder and getting theirs, and everybody's trying to get as much honor as they can, on the scene comes Jesus, who does the opposite, climbs down the ladder instead. Totally foreign. Listen to this in Philippians 2, 5 through 11. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself to obedient, humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him in the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So think about this. God has the highest honor, the most honored of all. He is honored. And what happened? Jesus came to earth and lived and died on the cross. What was the cross? It was the one death that was supposed to be cursed, right? We're told he who hangs on a tree is cursed. It was a criminal's death. It was, it was horrible. It was, it was the exact opposite of what we would assume that our God would come and do. And he did that for you and me. In other words, if we accept what Jesus did, that he put death to death, that he became the sin that we could never pay for. And when we say yes to him and we follow him, we get to live with him forever more because he walked down the honor ladder, right? He, he, he made a difference and he died on the cross. So when we accept what he's done, we get the benefit of that. It's why people come forward and nail things to the cross because they finally have said, you know, I've been living my own life for so long, it's time that I change and follow Jesus. Now you may say, well, Rod, what? Am I supposed to die on a cross? Like what, how does that work in our society today? What does following Jesus in an honorable life mean? Let me say this. We live in a society that loves to hate one another. We love to be divided. I, I've been trying to figure out if the older I get, I just pay more attention to the divisiveness of humanity or if we're just becoming a more divided culture over time. I think we're becoming a more divided culture. There is no room for civility anymore. We have kind of removed that, right? Either you agree with me or you're dead to me. You either like what I like or I hate you. Whether it's a current Supreme Court ruling that has divided us, whether it's race that has divided us, whether it's the new, you know, we're going to be voting in a new president. Get ready, folks. It's going to be an ugly time where, where we're going to look across the aisle. I don't care what side of the world that you view life on and your goal in, in society is going to tell you that you're supposed to hate the opposite person, that they are just idiots and they don't know what they're talking about and how how can you imagine I love the church I vote Jesus so don't send me a political stuff 
But I love that we probably, in this room, we have Democrats and Republicans, Libertarians, we have everybody, because we're all one in Christ Jesus. But society tells us to be mean to one another. I have a teenage daughter, and sometimes I think her spiritual gift is sarcasm, right? (laughs) Yeah, parents, you know what I'm talking about. Starts at a young age nowadays, and and it's hard to, to help kids learn what is appropriate and what is not. So sometimes I'm laughing, and other times I'm like, watch your tongue, young lady. But the problem is she goes to school, And all the whole goal of school is to bully and be mean and rip each other apart, not like one another, be on the inside or the outside. Sarcasm is a great way to do that. And then we come to church, and church can be just the same way. Christians are the only people that eat their young. We do. We wait for people, and we jump on top when they haven't done something right. Let me say this. If we would become a church that would be more interested in lifting one another up than than destroying one another, this could change your neighborhoods. If this became a place where we were so excited and cheerleaded for one another, and we we really believed when in Ephesians it says nothing out of your mouth and lifts one another up, if we took that serious, I'm telling you right now, this room would be standing room only for about 25 services every weekend. Because our society is clamoring and dying for a place that they can come and feel loved and accepted and know that it's not about where they were or what they've done or what their family was or where they've come from, but it's about Jesus and it's about loving one another. In fact, Jesus said this, which is probably the most amazing thing. He said, the world will will come to know me just by watching you love one another, not by condemning or, or not by going out and telling all your beliefs, but by how we love one another in this room. And so I just find it amazing. If we were a kind of people that really embraced honoring and we started to say, you know what? It's not about me and getting mine, but it's about loving one another more than I ever have, about putting other people in front of us and about cheerleading and, and constructing relationships and, cheer, and, and caring for one another this place will be different. And if this place is different, Salem will be different. And if Salem is different, absolutely. Amen. I need a preaching cloth. I'm getting going. So I'm a little passionate about it because I think the more, the more we can love one another and care for one another, Jesus shines through. Thank you for being here today. I just feel like, man, this, if you come the next three weeks, if we can embrace this, what a difference this will make. When people walk in here and feel like we actually love one another and we actually like one another, it'll be a different place. Bow your heads with me as we pray. Thank you, Jesus, for oh, your, your great example on the cross how we're called to honor one another and love one another and care for one another. God, would we take to heart the idea that we can place others before us? That it's not about me climbing a ladder or getting what I need to get or or everybody looking at me and me being the most honored person in the room, but about honoring each other, lifting each other up, loving one another. God, would... Jesus, would we take it seriously, the charge to love each other? Lord, we are so great that 
grateful that we understand that honor is an attitude. And I just pray as we continue throughout this week that we would remember and understand that and just chew on that fact that we want to have an attitude that is like yours in honoring one another. We love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. If you have a request that we could pray for, please email us at prayers at salemalliance.org. If you'd like more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org.